You are about to opt in to Monerotopia, a show for the Monero community where all are welcome to join. From noob to maxi, no matter what bags you hold. Just sit back and relax to the sweet sounds of Monero's latest progress. Or if you're feeling inspired, join us on stage. Remember, the only thing that can stop Monero is a false belief that it can be stopped. And if you want to win the revolution faster, we recommend you remove your XMR from all custodial exchanges immediately. Warning, boating accidents are common around here. Don't forget to properly secure your private keys. Monerotopia starts now. All right. Good morning. Good morning, sunshine. Sunita in her usual. Cheerios. Go get her Saturday morning mood. What's up? What's wrong? What's up? Nothing is wrong. We were scrambling all over the place. She's a little tense. Yeah. Lots of things to do. Jeez. Guys, <laughs> you're, uh, I hope you enjoy this show because <laughs> it takes a lot of efforts on our parts. A lot of, yeah, lots of moving parts. A lot of ups but... and downs emotionally. Hello, Ian. How do you do? Playing some Minecraft while listening. Good. Good morning. Good morning. All right, we got we got uh, we got people rolling in. Says, "Where's the coastline view?" I know this is our that's background. that's the problem. We need to we need you on the coastline so you're nice and relaxed. Yeah, when you know dealing with last minute people. I'm relaxed. Yeah, you're always relaxed. Just putting the news together. Jump in the shower. Wow, good for you. Yeah, you are. So what do we got? I don't know. What do we got? What do we want? What do we, what do we want to talk about? What the heck was that? <laughs> I don't know. What do you want to talk about? You have lots to say. <laughs> I guess privacy protest. Yeah. Privacy protest. All right. We'll um, you know mention it again. October thirty first, Halloween, New York City. Privacy protest. Do you get any people to reserve the mask or what? What What are we getting? Are we get Are we getting action? We got a few. We got a few. We got okay. a few. Nothing too crazy, but. Here's the deal. What's today's date? Today is the tenth. September tenth, day before September eleventh. I say we give it a we give it a week. So guys, we're gonna we're gonna give it a week. If we don't see a lot of signups, then we're probably just gonna cancel it, right? Yeah. Right. I think so. Yeah. I mean, we want we want to be out there with like at least fifty people. It's free. It's not a conference. Maybe you're confused by the fact that you have to give us. You know, fifty bucks up front, which we're going to give back to you. But we just want to we want to make sure that we know people are attending, they're going, and that we can get these masks. But it's free. You're going to get your money back. You're going to get it back in Monero. You can pay with any type of crypto. You pay anonymously. Obviously, if you use Monero, you know we're not asking for your name. We're not asking for any information. We're just asking for you to sign up, reserve, just so we know you're attending, so we know whether or not we should move forward with this. I'm totally down to do it. Be super excited if we get a big crowd out there. But I'm not excited to do it if it's just going to be me and you and like 500 people, right? Yeah. That's that that's a waste sense. of time. We haven't gotten a speaker yet, but we will. We most certainly will. I think we're just, we just need to see some momentum. We need to see mo- some momentum on the side of you, the people that would be participating. So I think I'm going to put out a, a tweet thread to that effect after this show we'll say a week from today we'll make the decision so the next monerotopia will decide so yeah it's up to you guys people you know sign up 
reserve a mask we get let's what's what are, what are we saying like 25 more by next week yeah if we get at least yeah 25 people i think then it's a go if not if not we'll send you your money back yeah we'll send everyone we're giving money you your money back, back yeah. anyway it's free i don't know if this is like i don't know how much i think that there's a lot of like low reading comprehension levels out there these days or people just like view things very quickly in this day and age right because everybody's like quick 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 just you know take a moment read it it's free it's free we just want you to be out there it's gonna be cool or potentially if we do it well it's halloween night in new york city so it should be fun regardless yeah just think of it as a meetup but happens to be on halloween night it's gonna be a bunch of monero loving people and hopefully other privacy advocates and other cryptos so i mean i haven't done a great job of pushing it on twitter so this week i'll try to push it more on twitter we'll try to get some other you know crypto communities involved so we'll give it this week and we'll decide by next week whether or not we're doing it so that's that so if you if you want to help make this happen sign up sign up sign up and spread spread the word spread the word I mean, the only thing is, you know, I, I would have liked to have people come in from outside of New York too, right? That's the only thing. So, yeah, you know, we, like, you it would be nice but... now, right? It's coming up fast. Yeah. Well, I mean, they still have a month and a half left. Like even the meetup, right? The meetup, because we, we post this on meetup.com and I don't think we got a lot of... I think people are just scared. What are they? I'm, I'm not understanding. Yeah. People are scared and they're not even willing to talk about it. It's very, <laughs> it's bizarre. What are they scared or of? Or they have other plans. Other plans is fine. Other plans like is maybe, fine. I mean, it is Halloween, so people are also last minute. I mean, minute, it's a Monday so. night. Yeah, but people are last if minute. If we just also. said Monero meetup, Monday night, there would be, without that, like, we would have gotten, like, the Probably. normal crowd to RSVP. Maybe or maybe not, because it is Halloween, so people have plans. I don't know. Only pe- the people know. What better plan than going to Washington Square Park on Halloween? Like, it's like the ultimate Halloween plan. Maybe they feel like they have better plans. It's like the best place to be. People on are allowed to decide what they want to do in their lives, <laughs> Douglas. <laughs> no, this is a totalitarian state. With that being said, we're going to give it another week. Yeah, we'll give it another I week because we don't want to waste. We don't want to waste your time. We don't want to waste our time. time. So if like. You know, again, for those that have reserved, we're obviously going to give your money back regardless. So don't worry. But yeah, we'll give it another week. And those that do reserve, and if it happens, you're still getting your money back. It's free. The event is free. We're just asking people to basically sign up. If you if you just put you know if you just said yes, I'm going. I mean, it's just we need you to to commit. Otherwise, we don't know you're actually going to show up. Well, you know, there have been a few that have committed. Well, not committed to going to the event, but. They've purchased, you know, they've yeah, supported. There's this been a few, thing. but we need, we need yeah. a lot. We and need, for like, those also, we're going to be sending your money back there too, <laughs> just in case you're listening and worried, even if you're not coming. Like, I don't want to, you know, get a speaker to come and it's like, you know. Well, yeah, that would be kind of sad. Five disappointing. People. So we need, we need, we need a nice, nice, strong group out there. And uh, anybody wants to jump up later in the show and talk about it, by all means, please do. Maybe, you know, maybe there's something I'm not understanding about this. I mean, we're, we're assembling. It's in a public place. Uh, we're just talking about ideas that we believe in. Nobody's doing anything wrong. It's a peaceful assembly. We're just, we're just showing our collective belief in these ideas. That's it. Simple as that. All right, moving on. Moving on. I mean, is there anything else you want to talk about besides the Halloween protest? No, not really. Yeah, this week. 
I mean, in general, anybody that wants to ever come on Monero Topi to present something, to be a special guest, you have some project that you're working on, Monero related, please reach out. By all means, this is what we're here for, to give give you guys a platform. Um, I'm seeing like lots of little new exciting projects popping up. So please reach out. Otherwise, you know, we, we try to reach out to people, but if, we don't, if we're not reaching out to you, it maybe, maybe we just, you know, we haven't noticed you. So reach out to us. Pitch us your thing. Let us know. You're you're welcome to to come on up to uh, be our special guest to present your your project. That's all I got. That's all you got. That's all she wrote. All righty then. So I guess let's just move on to the price segment because I'm sure people are excited about that. And unless there is anything else you'd like to discuss, no. Let's go to the price. Right, let's go to the price. Let's keep Big this week going. for the price. Ooh la la. The Monerotopia Price Report segment is sponsored by Local Monero. Avoid using KYC exchanges. Buy and sell Monero directly for fiat, peer-to-peer. All right, guys. We are live. Welcome to the Price Report number 35. And I hope you have grabbed a coffee with this price report. So let's walk through what's in it for this week. The month of September is going to bring us a lot of interesting events and surprises, especially the Ethereum merge with just four days to go where we convert from the proof of work to the proof of stake. It's a big change. Number two currency in the market. And so it's going to bring about quite some volatility, I believe, in the markets uh, based on how that goes. And further to that, I want to discuss something about the plunge protection price model. This is a price model given by Glassnode. And thereafter, I'm going to just walk through the on-chain and technical analysis. So just to get started, let's see what's up with the markets. From the look into Bitcoin charts, we see that currently we are sitting about in the in the fear zone. And we have been consolidating around this fear zone for a while now similar to what happened in the month of in the year of 2019 the beginning of that where we were still in the bear market because we plunged into the bear market end of 2018 and this is a similar pattern repeating from the past and we expect to be here we would see some price pumps here or there but we expect to be you know finding the price floor at some point maybe around 30 40000 dollars and stay there until the bear market ends before we go the leg up. So just to get started about the plunge protection price model from Glassnode. So this is a Bitcoin's price model, which takes into account two parameters, which is the balance price and the difficulty regression price. So just to explain to the viewers what this balance price means, this is a great definition from Willy Wu's charts, but it says this is the Bitcoin's fair valuation, which is measured by uh, kind of like the average difference average between the realized price. So let's say you paid for one Bitcoin, you paid $20,000. And at what price did it actually move or spent? So let's say you spent it at uh, 19,000. So it's kind of like the difference or the average actually, which would be around 19,500. So if you take that for the entire, all the transfers on the blockchain, that will give you a nuanced idea of the balanced price. So this is what the balance price is and the and this gives a very good technical viewpoint of what's the fair valuation for Bitcoin because also another thing with balance price is the there is a lot of support that comes in around the balance price. 
So right now the 200 week moving average sits around $21,000 and the balance price is about around that point, $19,000, $20,000. And the next one is the difficulty regression. This takes into account cost of production for Bitcoin mining and uh, running a lot of um, you know, mathematical formulas around it to derive this regression price. So if you see the chart below, I already made some marks there. So if you see these, this is the balance price that you see in red and the blue one that you see is the regression model. And when these two merges, that means the technical fair valuation of Bitcoin and the fundamental fair valuation and talking about the difficulty regression model because in mining difficulty is like very important when there is a lot of demand for Bitcoin miners the difficulty increases and vice versa when there's a shortage like in a bear market the difficulty reduces so that they can bring in more miners and it also has to do with the cost of production of Bitcoin. So when this two merges and it just happened to merge now and this is you know like the fundamental and the technical price coincide and this stands about 17,000. So what that means is this is a confluence support and for us to go below that it's like really oversold both on the technical and fundamental level. And are we going to dip down to 10,000 or maybe 5,000? No, I mean anything can happen. Any kind of price model can break. But logically speaking 17,000 seems to be a very good support both on the technical and fundamental sides. And next to go in is the another indicator for the Bitcoin's logarithmic curves and this is like uh, very clear depicted from the picture. They can see that there are many bands. The lower band is the bear market band. The upper band is the top of the bull market and you'd see that we are uh, really going below this and the one that you see in the brown part is the oscillator. This is mathematically computed. And you would see whenever we are in the bear market, this oscillator is down before it goes back up. And you would see that it's really at the lowest points. And seeing the patterns from history, we stay around this lower oscillator band through the bear market. And it increases with time, the, the time period we stay. And we just kind of, you know, dip down. So projecting this, I would see something like in early in the late 2023-2024 some sort of a real bull market to begin and before that it could uh, certainly happen that we are lurking around 40,000 price levels. So the price that you see right now or $20,000 it's already quite low and going ahead on the technical chart this chart has not changed since and you would see that I drew that the lowest of low would be around 2017 all-time highs which is around 17,000 again coinciding with the with the fundamental part and this also we can see from the technical charts and right now we are looking around one trillion dollars which itself is low uh, if you are projecting the crypto market cap to be something like 10 trillion dollars based on the adoption around the globe but again this has a lot of factors to play in with cbdc's also coming in three more things to discuss quickly is the bitcoins chart and let me just see this this is the rsi and you would see the rsi is already quite low and I have in the past discussed about the Bitcoin's hash ribbon and I just want to show you this interesting insight what these colors actually mean. When we entered the green zone it's the recovered phase and blue is the buy phase and you would see that the miners have taken quite some time to go from capitulation which is the gray dot that you see to recovered to recovering and then to recovered which is the you know blue and the you know buy zone basically. So we are in the recovering sort of phase or recovered phase and we are moving up and you would see time and again whenever this happens we have seen a pump right and there is uh, no exception to that per se. 
So we are, you know, on all the parameters that we have seen, both on the technical and fundamental, we are quite oversold at the moment. But this can, this for this bull market to play out in the future, this can take quite some time, right? So this can just be lurking around the low RSI's, oversold, and for it to go back up, uh, it can take quite some time. So, well, uh, I think we are at a good price floor overall. And the next in line is the XMR USD chart. And you would see that we have been trending in this range of upper band to lower band. And we have been, you know, between the range of 120 to 180 US dollars for quite a while. And we would see that we have a good support around 120 dollars approximately. And what my expectation is also to be seen from the next chart, you would see that RSI is in the middle. There is not too much to expect until the volume comes back. And in terms of XMR BTC, you would see that we are entering, we are actually doing quite good. So I either expect the Bollinger Bands to kind of go up uh, if the trend continues and it sticks around the Bollinger Band on the upper side. However, you would see the R size largely over, over bought at the moment. What this means is whenever this has happened historically, we have seen a correction against the XMR BTC whenever that has happened. So that is that is a higher probability that bitcoin rallies and xmr either lags behind in terms of percentage or it rallies along with it slowly and the next in line is the bit as the bitcoin's whale shadows i want to point this out because some significant number of btcs have moved from the wallets recently in the past couple of weeks and this happens around the time of capitulation so either that has already happened or about to happen maybe within a month that is all from my side it's going to be an exciting month for september and uh, I would like to see you in the next price report. And I wish you all a great week ahead. All right. Alrighty. Thank you, A Fungible. I wish A Fungible like would, would come on more though. I, I like you know chatting Having with a them one after on this. One yeah. chat. That was great though. Maybe for the next one. It's great. Great, great. How great. You know my view. I think it all depends on, on the macro. What's going on on the macro level? Has you know inflation peaked? Are they going to keep rising, raising the interest rates? You know. The, Bitcoin is just completely correlated with the S&P. I mean, it's it's whatever you know the broader market does. Crypto currently follows. It's completely tethered at this point. So we shall see. La la, the suspense. How can we talk? Shall we move on to like the, the ultimate hodler? You're not even. She's not even phased at all. No, I just. Hold Neither it. am I. Neither am I. Yeah, you're not. I think you talk more about it. I do you. watch the price because I want to find a good time to buy more. Buy more. Well, Monero, yeah, that's you know? usually yeah, when you actually look at the price. Watch, so, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm hoping for another, or you know, that the bottom isn't actually in yet, and then we get a nice dip. But you know, it's probably a large majority of the people that are also hoping for that, and that's why it may not happen. But. Like I said, I think the macro controls it. So because of that, it, it may, may pull us all down. And then we go in, guys. That's when we all go in. We shall see. Really? <laughs> I don't... Not financial yeah. advice, obviously. <laughs> yeah, please make sure but, to say uh, that. Hold some, hold some dry powder. Get ready. You know, so sell, your, sell your car if you have to. I sell your home. No, I'm just kidding. I did We're it back kidding. in... Uh... Oh, no, I tried doing it. Well, you tried it. No, then it. I actually eventually did do it. I tried selling it for Monero in 2018 oh, yeah. I and I met the guy that almost bought it off me at MoneroCon. In- oh my God. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I remember that. 
awesome oh, dude, by the way, who I had just met on Reddit. I had posted it on Reddit and we were going back and forth and he was this close to sell uh buying my my Jeep at the time from Monero. He wanted to do it just kind of more as a you know a market, you know, show that he's willing to sell something for Monero, you know, for or buy something with Monero. <laughs> And he, he's very happy that funny. he didn't do that because, you know, that was right before Monero really, really took off. That's funny. That is funny, actually. I remember you telling yeah. me that. Well, okay, let's move on. We have our special guest. Let's move on to that now. The Monerotopia guest segment is sponsored by Cake Wallet. Store, send, receive, and exchange your Monero and Bitcoin safely on iOS and Android, too. Cake Wallet is open source, and you always control your own keys. Hello, hello. Hello. Thanks Welcome. What's yes. going on, Thank man? How, how do we pronounce your, your handle here? Hatzad. Hatzad. Yes. Is that have any, uh, does that have any meaning, or it just sounds cool? Mm-hmm. No, no meaning. <laughs> just a random nim. You know, you got to yeah, change uh, it up here and there. You're, you're, you're giving it meaning through. Right. <laughs> so... Tell us about yourself, man. I think I just randomly found you on Twitter. You were, you were talking about Bitcoin and Monero. You had some interesting takes. You, you were trying, struggling with trying to figure out whether or not you still, I think, believed in Bitcoin itself, right? What, 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 I don't know. I don't know if it's so much that I was trying to see if I still believed in Bitcoin. More or less, um, whether I believed in the Maxi move. I'm heavily involved in in a different nim with bitcoin have been for some time originally getting in probably around 2017 cool. was in a lot of different things in 2017 like a lot of people and i kind of went bitcoin only after that point more heavily in 2020 and things like that spent a lot of time living in just bitcoin world and ignoring everything else and yeah. the wake-up call for me was um the tornado cash thing frankly and I know we're going to talk a little bit about censorship and things like that that kind of woke me up and made me start thinking, like, am I, have I been living under a rock? Am I, am I just a part of a, a small group of people and not hearing anything outside of that? So it's been a struggle. and I'm not, I haven't given up on Bitcoin or anything like that. I still am a big believer in Bitcoin. But um, from a privacy aspect, very interested in Monero and, and uh, other things that Bitcoin's trying to do to get privacy to the users of Bitcoin. So do you think Bitcoin has the ability to become private or private enough? Or do you think it's kind of fundamentally flawed and it's, it's not really possible? Well, I think that's the, that's the big debate. And I think at the base layer, it's pretty obvious that privacy is never going to be there at the base layer. And the the question for me is more, does that really matter? Do we need to have privacy at the base layer or or can we do it on different layers? I mean, if you look at how the internet was developed, it was originally TCP IP, not very private. Um, then we had HTTP that came out also not private. And then that's a layer on top of TCP IP. It's the internet that we know today. And then HTTPS developed on top of that, which is your more encrypted version or private internet. So I sort of view Bitcoin in the same way that I view the internet, that it will develop in layers. And I think that there are a lot of exciting things coming out for Bitcoin that will give more privacy. And I think that over time, the majority of people aren't really actually going to transact on the base layer. So I'm just, uh, the jury's out for me. Okay, so uh, 
you're 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 waiting, you're watching. So what's what's your take on Monero then? Do you think Monero is currently serving a use case? Do you think it'll be serving a use case long term, even if Bitcoin starts to improve its privacy and fungibility on on second layers and additional layers? Yeah, I think that uh, Monero obviously serves uh, the privacy purpose right now better than really anything. There's there's not a lot of, a whole lot out there that I've looked at that makes me feel comfortable from a privacy standpoint other than Monero at this point. And I think it's important. It's important now more than ever. I don't think that it's going to be immune to OFAC. I don't think it's immune to the same things that pretty much everything's going to be under the scrutiny of. It's a matter of um, the people deciding. I mean, it's it. a lot of people like to say, oh, they want to keep us. They want to surveil it. Who's they? You know, they is just us. We're the people, right? And Monero is a, a very strong message to to the powers that be right now and says, like, we're, we're here for privacy and we're going to get it whether you like it or not. And so I think it's definitely serving a purpose. Whether it will continue to serve a purpose into the future, I don't know. I guess it really is going to depend upon the network effects of Bitcoin, which I think are very, very important, and Ethereum, which I know we want to talk about today. That's, uh, that's my take on it. I think it's serving a very good purpose now, very important purpose now. And it may be the one that wins at the end of the day, but I just, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. So how, how are you working with that? Are you, you know, obviously you don't have to divulge anything you don't want to divulge, but are, are you, you know, you own a certain amount of Bitcoin, you own some Monero, is it that you just hold Bitcoin and then when you want to actually use crypto, you use Monero, you know, you go into Monero for purposes of transacting. Sure. How do you currently uh, deal with that? Uh, personally, I, I look at Bitcoin as my savings and I do hold some Monero. I actually only buy Monero with no KYC either. Local Monero is the main place that I would do that and I mine it. Um, so I've got a server set up with a, with a node, and a, a P2 pool a node as well. And then I've got a number of computers that I just, anytime I'm not using them, fire up and mine on it. So I'm holding some Monero. Uh, it's not it's not the majority. I hold far more Bitcoin in, in, in terms of how much Bitcoin I hold, it, I'm not going to say a number, but it's a large percentage of my, my net worth. I mean, I have most of my savings is in Bitcoin. Awesome. That's, that seems to be, you know, there's, there's a, a sector of the Bitcoin Monero community, a large sector that kind of, I think, does exactly what you're doing, right? Like they, they use Bitcoin as their quote unquote store of value and then Monero for transacting. Yeah. And then I guess they hedge into Monero a little bit too, thinking, you know, maybe maybe this becomes the thing that doesn't get co-opted by governments. And so they, they gamble a little bit on, on that. Me personally, I'm all, I'm all Monero, but it's, it's mostly because, you know, it's like, I feel like, what, what are we here? What are we doing? What are we doing if not trying to create the most ultimate version of this, right? And yeah. ultimately, I think only the, the ultimate version will succeed. I think, I think we need the thing that is least capable of being co-opted. So it's not even obviously privacy. I'm a privacy advocate, you know, fungibility. I talk about it all the time, but really at its core, it's, it's building, uh, for me, it's what, what I find most compelling is an unstoppable piece of, of software that nobody can control, including governments. And I just see the Bitcoin's lack of privacy as, as an attack surface. And even if you, 
start to you know make things quote unquote more private on other layers it still fundamentally has that attack surface at at its at its core that's that's really what makes me most concerned about bitcoin and pushes me into into monero Sure. And even like we're seeing, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll bring up some of the news. Maybe you could go through it with us, actually. Um, yeah, seeing a lot of news this week with, with regulation, regulators, you know, talking about maybe wanting to ban proof of work mining. You know, that's that's another example, right? If if regulators are, are capable of, you know, creating uh, regulations that determine how how these cryptos can be mined, that's that's another attack surface, right? Whereas you know we could talk about it with Monero, things are a little different. It may be it may not be as easy for them to affect the mining network of, of Monero. No, and I, I I would agree with that. And I, I did see the report that came out. I think that a lot of people took that out of context and said that they're looking at binding, uh, banning proof of work mining. They're more so, from my take, just looking at it, I guess from a Bitcoiner perspective, was more of them saying we want to see a, a bigger transition to renewable energy and things like that. Well, I mean, the reality is in the United States, the Bitcoin mining industry is heavily in the renewables because they're searching for the cheapest energy. And I feel like pr- proof of work without it, and we, and we can talk about this if we get into talking about Ethereum and going to proof of stake, we need proof of work. And Monero has that, which is great. And I love the idea that you can run it on just a standard computer. You have to. You can't use ASICs. Totally different approach than Bitcoin is taking. But the the cost to produce a commodity, whether that's a commodity money or oil or gold, trends towards the cost of the production of that commodity, right? So in a proof-of-stake system, you're, you're, you're trending towards zero always. And so I think the proof of work itself is incredibly important, and I don't see them banning it. I don't think that the what came out is um, really any indication that they're looking to ban it. It's really a, a last resort type of situation if we're like burning coal to, to mine Bitcoin, but I just don't see that happening. There's a number of projects out there that are doing really incredible things where they're going to capture various gases and landfills and things like that to power Bitcoin miners to help incentivize those landfills to take these, uh, you know, if you're environmentally conscious, chemicals out of the atmosphere, turn it into power and uh, mine Bitcoin or, you know, you could mine Monero or anything on it. But those types of innovations are coming and they're, they're not stopping. They're just getting faster and faster as time goes on. So I, I can't see before long it's going to become extremely obvious that the incentives are in such a way that if you want to ban proof of work mining, you're going to do more than just stop people from burning bad energy. You're going to have people not incentivized to do the things that are going to help protect the environment, which are also very important things for people on the left and progressives and things like that. So right now that's kind of the group that battles against proof of work and soon they will champion it. Yeah, for me, I mean, it's more so just that they're talking about it is the, you know, is what, what I find really concerning and that they will, that they will regulate it, right? Whether or not they ban it, I, I don't, I, I agree. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen, but they're going to create regulations that affect it. And I think it's very clear that that's going to happen. I mean, we already saw that happening in, in New York State. Right. Um, and so the fact that they have the ability to essentially affect the industry, this industry that's supposed to be completely decentralized, I see as a problem. And I think one of the, you know, one of the issues or you know, what it really exposes is 
that you have players in the Bitcoin industry that ultimately are okay with these regulations coming down because they're going to benefit from them. You're going to have big players, you know, the big mining industry, you know, the those that are that are already successful in in the mining industry that are going to be lobbying for regulations to be crafted in a certain way where they end up benefiting from them and it's going to keep out other players. Uh, it's what we see all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, government steps in. Like you said, who's the government? The government's the people. The government's and it, the government is also, you know, more so the people is the, the powerful corporations, right? That have their, that have their hands in it. And, uh, you know, that's just, that's just the way things are. But the problem is Bitcoin was supposed to be resistant to those, you know, to being co-opted. And it's, it's proving that it's not, I think, I think, it, I think that's, that's the most unfortunate thing about this. I don't know. I mean, I, I think I would disagree with that. I mean, look what happened with China. They completely banned bi- mining. What happened? The mining left China and came to the United States of America. They do it at their own peril. There will always be somewhere that's going to be willing to accept having miners there that has abundant energy that's going to yeah, is, want is this. China just a, that's an example of it. The yeah, they banned it, but it didn't stop they took, they took an action, and then they affected the industry, and it benefited corporations that do their mining here and to move, and to move mining to, to the U.S., yeah, here and there was a bunch that went over. You know, Kazakhstan was another big one. It's game theory. It's game theory at its core. And I just think that here we kind of have this undeniable industry being built around Bitcoin. And there's just so much money and so many businesses being started up around it. And this is—I'm not here to be like a, a Bitcoin stan. I'm just saying these are the where I come from when uh, people talk to me about Bitcoin. These are the things I find important, and game theory is one of them. Yeah, I just feel like banning proof of work mining is a terrible move from a from a bit, uh, game theory. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And I like I said, I don't think that's really the way it's going to go, especially here in the US, but it could lead to some other twisted outcome where you're you're benefiting certain corporations. Uh, you don't want to see it. What's that? You don't want to see that. Yeah, you don't want to see that. I think I think that's just the natural progression of things when you have uh, a technology that's capable of being co-opted and you know to this day every single technology has proven to be uh you know capable of being co-opted right because it, it's just kind of impossible but we thought with with crypto that crypto was something different right but i think we're we're realizing that you know uh, maybe it's not or maybe maybe bitcoin isn't isn't the one that's you know uh, resistant enough Perhaps. Like, what, what do you think of the whole the whole number go up thing in Bitcoin? You think you think that's a good thing, a bad thing, indifferent? I think. Well, I think number go up is a really important thing. Uh, it, I don't find it to be the most important thing for me personally. It's not. I mean, we're saving in it because we want it to help against the debasement of currency, right? I mean, the scarcity first principle of Bitcoin is important, and that leads to number go up. And number go up brings people to the network. They see the number go up and they go, I need to buy some of this. I need to own it. Uh, you've got institutions doing similar things. We've seen a number of them take take uh, big positions in Bitcoin. I think it's an important aspect, but it's not the only aspect. I mean, when we talk about Monero, fungibility is a big deal. And just this tornado cash kind of calls all of that into question for Bitcoin. Because if you can have, if there is a such thing as tainted Bitcoin, then Bitcoin fails. I mean, that's just the end of the road for bitcoin if they stop if, if any unit of bitcoin becomes less valuable than the next unit of bitcoin the project has failed 
So it's a it's a big obstacle to overcome. It was going to come sooner or later with a transparent base layer. It's just a matter of how are we going to deal with it, and is it going to be done uh, at layer two or layer three? I, there's a there's a bunch of different things coming out. We're just going to have to see how that all shakes out. And I think that, like I say, Monero itself, I don't think is is immune to this either. If OFAC comes in and says we're banning all privacy currencies, we're we're still going to be in a bad way as Monero holders as well because we're going to be you know operating in the dark it's uh it's not a good place to be and i think it's un-american to think that that's the road we're headed down yeah i agree i mean i think it's it's immune in that it won't stop the network right or right. it won't really affect the network it's gonna it's gonna make it more difficult for people getting in and out of monero but it's also forcing it to be what crypto is truly supposed to be right which is you know disconnected from from fiat completely uh, people just creating, building their own circular economy or parallel economy outside of the the existing network. So, uh, you know, I, I do s- potentially see, you know, uh, a benefit there. You know, I wouldn't want to see. I think it's going to s- slow down the event. You know, it's going to make it take take it longer for us to get to where we want to be. But it could also create a more a more pure environment wherein crypto is being used as it's intended i don't know it's, I don't know. it's, complicated. In a way. it's already there in a way uh, i feel like for monero that's one of the things i really like about monero in total mm-hmm. is that it, it's it is a bottom up more than bitcoin is at this point because a lot of the exchanges have already decided hey we're not gonna we're not gonna list it they're not regulated into not listing monero so the community itself is sort of built around this idea of we need to buy peer-to-peer. To me, when I was looking at wanting to buy it, I didn't want a KYC onto another, I think there's only one in the U.S. that carries it, Exchange. I think it's like Kraken or something, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't want a KYC on another another exchange. So the only way for me to buy it was peer-to-peer to mine it. And something about that, I think, is going to make Monero far more resistant to that type of regulation than Bitcoin. It would be a massive change for Bitcoin to to make it so that you couldn't buy it without you know, to, if you were being regulated in that way and say you've um, coin joined or something like that, and, you, and that became a tainted coin, you'd kind of have to just sit on those. You'd, you'd either have to sell them peer to peer with some risk involved, or you're going to you're always going to be buying through KYC. I mean, those things are important that Monero is doing better. I mean, just by virtue of the fact that they have to. And, I, and so it is a more peer community already. It's built for this adversarial environment. And that's... Uh, I think that's one of the really cool aspects of Monero. It's like that's where it's building out. It, we're not relying on exchanges for Monero. Exactly. Exactly. So let, let's let's jump to the uh, the ETH topic. Where do you see you know things going if the Ethereum change to proof of stake is successful, gets gains more momentum? Say some scenario where ETH rallies and surpasses bitcoin in market cap what's your what's your take on that do you think that affects bitcoin's value proposition at that point in terms of what it's supposed to be the store of value you know digital gold coin does it no longer is it no longer that is it not really is it lose its use case what's your what's your take there well first and foremost i i don't think that's going to happen i don't think ethereum's going to flip bitcoin i think we're going to see some sort of price action that moves off of this merge. We've already seen it. There's some excitement for Ethereum at the merge. And I don't follow Ethereum well. 
but everything we've just talked about in terms of regulation, moving to proof of stake is going to make it a thousand times worse on Ethereum. And being at proof of stake, uh, I'll go back to, we talked about in in your price price update, there was this plunge protection, which is your cost to produce Bitcoin, which sets the floor for the cost of Bitcoin. What's the cost to produce Ethereum after proof of stake? Zero. And if we can, uh, and we can agree that the cost to produce a commodity trends towards, or the cost of a commodity trends towards the cost of production of it, it's going to trend towards zero over time. So I don't know that it affects Bitcoin all that much. I don't know that it matters if it goes up. The problem is here right now as it sits, uh, if you just looked at, as of August 18th, it was reported that 57.85% of Ether is being staked with four providers. You've got Lido, Coinbase, Kraken, Binance. So three of those are already heavily regulated. And if they decide they don't want you to transact in a certain way, those people will go ahead and censor your transactions. Yeah, no, no, no. And I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, throwing my support towards Ethereum and, so, you know, hoping for these things. I'm just, I'm just saying the, the what if, right? Because it, it's, it's an interesting scenario to think about because I think it does start to change some of the, you know, the memes behind Bitcoin. Like how, how are you the number go up store of value digital cash coin in this case where I, th- I know you said you don't see it happening but let, let, let's let's pretend it, it did happen do you see it changing bitcoin in any way and how bitcoin is viewed or do you think bitcoin still serves its purpose at that point i think it's going to be an individual thing i i don't know i mean from my perspective as a bitcoiner and i'm sure that a lot of bitcoiners are going to feel the same way we just go it, it doesn't change anything it doesn't change anything for us but Maybe for the public, people that aren't in there, the no-coiners, pre-coiners, things like that. Yeah, potentially. Potentially, that would they'd go, well, I'm going to buy Ethereum. That's the new number go up. I mean, a right. lot of these people, they come into this market just for a number go up. We say it's important. It is. If everything just sat and didn't ever go up, people would not be all that interested. We wouldn't. I wouldn't have gotten into it. You know, mm-hmm. It's changed for me. I got into it because a number go up. I wanted to invest. So I don't know. I don't know how that really changes uh the narrative for Bitcoin, there's just not a lot of, I think in the Bitcoin space, there's not a whole lot of discussion around Ethereum and the, and the merge there is, there has been just because of this, this war on proof of work. But outside of that, uh, I don't think anyone in that space, and maybe again, this is part of being in in the bubble, uh, believes that Ethereum is going to flip it. And I just think there's too much going on that's not in their favor. I mean, with proof of stake naturally centralizing it, it, it's the antithesis of everything we want to do in both Monero and Bitcoin. I just, I just don't see why people would go there unless they're just completely ill-informed, which I guess most people are. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know where it goes, but if it, if it does what you're saying it's going to do, I think it's bad for everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what it's going to, I, I, w- I certainly wouldn't say it's impossible for it to happen. I mean, I see no reason why it can't happen. Sure. It's just like you said, people being stupid, right? So yeah. We saw with all these, I mean, you know, Dogecoin could, could uh, you know, be, be the number one by market cap in, in some al- alternative universe. It's not that far-fetched, but Ethereum certainly really isn't that far-fetched. I mean, it's, it's what, even if it just doubled in price, I think it would pass Bitcoin, right? Right. Market and, cap, yep. Yeah, at some point it would just take on the momentum of being, you know, the number go up coin, right? And then people would be like, oh, but it's central, it's centralized. And people would be like, well, they would just ignore it. 
you know, they would ignore the ignore those things as long as number keeps going up, which is why I'm like you said, you're critical of number go up for, for certain point, for certain aspects of it. And that's why I'm critical of it, too, because I feel like it misaligns incentives. It's like this. It's this thing that was necessary to get everybody started and get everybody into it and excited. But then it's also the thing that might lead us down the wrong road towards, you know, essentially regulatory capture and, you know, being co-opted by governments. As long as number keeps going up, people ignore the fact that your, you know, your crypto is essentially defanged. Yeah, it's a recreation of fiat again. I mean, the, the, the reason we're here, the people like us are here is because we want out of that system and they're recreating the exact system. The people closest to the printer, the stakers, are the ones who are going to be the most financially incentivized and they're going to be the ones setting the rules. I mean, one pool alone, LIDO or LIDO, carries over 30%. I mean, that's significant. That's a significant amount of power on the network from one pool. And this is just a recreation of fiat. And I hope that people aren't fooled by it because in order for that number to go up and to surpass Bitcoin, it's going to have to hoover up value out of other currencies, both Monero and Bitcoin. People are going to be switching from Bitcoin to it. It's not just going to be a new wave of money, I don't think, that's going to come in and jack everything up all at once without hoovering out money from other various projects that may or may not be legitimate. And uh, it's a dangerous situation. I think it's a threat to to uh, crypto at large, really. Giving some good comments here. John, if you want to jump on later when we have viewers on stage, please come on up. We can talk about your, your views on Ethereum. I'd uh, love to hear it. What do you think, man? So I, it, it's, it's encouraging that you know you, you said you were kind of more of a BTC maxi at some point, and now you're, you're you know you're interested in what Monero has to offer. Do you think that's uh, a general trend that's taking place? Is without there a doubt. without a doubt? Okay. I, I think that's uh, there's a lot of people that are in that community that you can't speak your mind anymore. It's gotten to the point where you say anything that's not. Hey, Bitcoin is great, or you mentioned anything else, and it's like, oh, you're a shitcoiner. And it's like, really? You can't you can't even explore anything else. But I think in total, if there's one project that people are open-minded to in the Bitcoin community, it is Monero. And there's a reason for that. It shares a lot in common with Bitcoin, with very few exceptions. One being obviously ASIC resistance, which is fine, but it's still proof of work. Nice decentralized way, in my opinion, maybe even a better a more decentralized way with random X. And uh, the only difference other than that is really your tail emissions. So you don't have perfect digital scarcity. So a lot of the discussion around Bitcoin is more philosophical and discussing what does a world of deflation look like? And you try to balance that out. As a Bitcoiner coming to Monero, that's something you really got to consider is tail emissions and you know how their proof of work algorithm works and things like those are the two main differences but outside of that there's not a whole lot different between bitcoin and monero do you think btc maximalism is essentially peaked and it's on it's it's on the downturn like did we see the heyday of btc maximalism toxic maximalism is that is that error over or i don't think so i don't think it's over and i just don't i think it's been co-opted by you know meat-eating misogynists I don't know. I don't really know what's going on there because it's really lost. It's lost what it was. You know, it was the cyber hornets that Michael Saylor said we were preventing the network from undergoing change that we didn't feel was was right. You know, this is the block size wars of 2017. 
And it's now become co-opted by a bunch of people that want to push their actual beliefs on it. And the reality is that Bitcoin or Monero for that matter is for everyone. That includes people you disagree with. And to have an environment where if you're first, let's just say you're a progressive and there's been a, there's a guy that came out with a book, the progressive case for Bitcoiner is coming out with a book and he's been on some podcasts recently. If you come into the space as a progressive or from the left at all, you will be shunned out immediately. Like it is the most toxic from that perspective community that I've ever been a part of. And I just don't think that's healthy. I think you need to be able to have conversations with everyone and have get back to a place where we can debate the fundamentals. We're talking about a monetary free open source monetary system that's for everyone. And to start excluding people just because of political beliefs or whatever I just don't think it's a good course. So has it is it peaked? I think so. I think that that group of people is going to get smaller and smaller over time because they just it can't continue down this road. We need the this is a life raft. We need more people in it, not more people wanting to jump out of it. Great points, man. Great points. I hope more people in the BTC Maxi community start listening to to folks like you. And, you know, from what I'm hearing, the way you're talking, you're, you're doing it the right way. You know, you're diplomatic about it. You're fair. Very calm even, voice. Even keel. The calm, the calm voice helps. <laughs> uh, do, do, you, do you jump into a lot of Twitter spaces and talk about these things? No, I haven't recently. Like, like the last couple of weeks, oddly, I just haven't even been on Twitter. It just is kind of getting to a point where I got to take a break. And I just randomly jumped on. I'm like, oh, I got an invite to come on the podcast. So here, here I am. But yeah, I, 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 I've just been so, I don't know. You, you can see it in my feed where I I'm, I like have this crisis because it's like these are the people that I believed in. They're my heroes. A lot of these guys in the Bitcoin space are, and I've looked up to them for a long time. But no, I haven't been jumping on spaces a lot because getting into wars with Bitcoin maxis is just not a fun time. If you've ever gone down that road, it's, oh, uh, it's a losing it's battle. Insane. Yeah, it's just not. It's it, it's. I don't know. I don't want to fight. You know, I just, we're all here together. I just, I want, I want to just talk about the topics. I don't want to get in pissing matches about things that don't matter. Yeah, it's, it's futile. I, I do, I do think there's some, you know, if you're in a room and you're arguing with BTC Maxi, maybe, you know, there, there's others in that room that are listening that, that might, it might open their, you know, their eyes a little bit, but trying to actively convert somebody that's in the BTC Maxi trance, you're, you're only, uh, you know, hardening their their btc maximalism you're not you're not penetrating and so yeah i, I certainly don't enjoy doing that anymore no. i've given it up I, it's not, i i have you know i like i like up, arguing I with people it's my nature but even i'm like you know it's just, it's just it's tiring yeah. and it's like you can only have the same argument so many times right, right. Like, you know we know all the arguments on that side yeah. we know what the counter arguments are that being said i do think it's 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 productive to talk to those that maybe haven't been completely brainwashed yet in on I on I in either way or through for any crypto and just like talk about the concepts and like you know let them come to their own conclusions. I agree. And I mean just embarking on that myself, it's not an easy path. I mean, you've gotta have a lot of introspective thought about why you are the way you are and have said the things that you've said and what, what you stand by. Because what happens in, in maxi land is you really build your entire identity around it and it's a dangerous thing but you when you spend some time 
thinking about it and what's important and certain wake up calls for everyone. There's going to be something different. Tornado cash was it for me. And there'll be another thing for somebody else. And it, it takes a long time and it's painful. Even when I started this NIM, it's like I, I started it and then like immediately went back to like BTC maxi talking points. And I was like, I was uncomfortable with the fact, you know, when you've got 90% of your, your worth in Bitcoin to come out and start going like, well, maybe, maybe there's something else here is not comfortable. I mean, not only are you tied to it from your financial standpoint, you're tied to it because that's your identity. I mean, you might have like Bitcoin stickers all over everything. Everybody knows you as the Bitcoin guy. And then all of a sudden you're talking about something else when you've told somebody, hey, get into Bitcoin, but don't look at anything else because they're all shit coins. Everything else is garbage. Don't look at anything that's not Bitcoin. And now you got to go back and go, whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute. Maybe I've Maybe I got to change my thought, but isn't that intelligence at the end of the day? You know, that's the way I look at it. You get new information, you change your opinions. 100%, man, 100%. I mean, here I am stuck in Monerotopia, but, you know, <laughs> I'm, hoping, I'm hoping that I'd, ha- I'd have the intelligence to overcome my, my own bags. And it's not. Yeah. I'm, in, I'm in too deep. Uh, I'll have to go down with the ship. Ah. Um, no, I, tr- I try to maintain an open mind. You know, I try to question things. I'm always questioning Monero. And like I say, I always say, like, you know, if I saw something, you know, better come along, then I would start to, you know, take a look at that and talk about it. But maybe, maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm not being honest with myself. Yeah, man, this is this is great. I say we jump we'll to, to the news. Segment. Yeah, we'll jump to the news. We kind of covered some around. of those things. Yeah. yeah, please stick around, and then maybe we could talk about some of those uh, subjects we didn't cover. Some of those news subjects. Awesome. All cool. right. Thanks. Thanks. Man. Yeah. Stick by. And now for our weekly news segment. Hang on, updating mm-hmm. all our cheesy intros, but you know, they work so far. They're kind of cheesy all and right. catchy, or not really. I don't know. But anywho's. <laughs> Please take it away, Douglas. <laughs> okay. I think we, yeah, we spoke about the White House suggests banning proof of work mining used by Bitcoin. As our, as our guest suggested, it's, it's probably not that they're going to ban it, but they're, you know, they're talking about it. They, they issued a report. They're kind of talking about doing a cost benefit analysis, really talking more about the, the negative sides and not so much talking about the positive sides, although they did highlight at the end of their report some of the ways in which crypto or Bitcoin proof of work mining on Bitcoin could be used to you know fight global warming or be used in ways where we, we can benefit from it, right? So this idea of using you know uh, excess energy that that isn't being used for other things to uh, effectively be used for for proof of work mining so they they did touch on on some of those aspects but you know the the scary part of it is is they they outright said in the you know in the report that they may have you know if 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 things you know don't you know if they, if they do start to add some regulations and they see things are, aren't getting any better that they would consider an an all out ban on proof of work mining. So is it going to happen? Are they going to ban it? Are you know is is that what they're saying here? No, it's just a report, but it's a little concerning that they're you know talk they're saying the ban word. And like I like I said earlier, for me, it's just. The, the biggest concern is that this just shows that the government is is moving in, doing what they do best, creating regulations in an industry, trying to co-opt it, 
And what are they going to do? They're going to end up benefiting, you know, benefiting their friends, those that are behind the scenes, pulling the strings, you know, influencing those that are making the regulations. And it, it happens in, in all industries. And now we're seeing it happen in crypto. And really what we should be focused on and what I think Monero is focused on is creating creating a crypto that's resistant to this. Not that regulations can't come out, but if they do, they just can't be, they won't have an effect on on the on the currency itself. So building it in a way where the you know crypto can continue to exist despite whatever the regulations may be. And I think in this case, you know, Monero is also a proof of work mind, right? But the difference between Bitcoin and Monero is we are we're ASIC resistant. Most of the mining is, you know, the mining is, is done uh, by, by CPUs. And because of the ASIC resistance, it allows CPUs to, to fairly compete. And effectively, that, that creates a more egalitarian mining system where, you know, you can mine from, from your home, you can mine from your, you know, your, your computer, your phone. And there really isn't this incentive to create these large mining farms because they don't have any added advantage. They can't, you know, benefit from from an ASIC. And because of that, it's it creates it makes it more difficult for governments to to target and prevent people from continuing to mine. So as always when we when we talk about regulation in the in the crypto market and how it's heating up, we always seem to fall back on well it sucks to see it happen we don't want to see it happen cuz it's going to it's going to slow down the ecosystem but most importantly monero is built in a way that's resistant to these regulations next story more more regulation coming down the pipe ahead of the sec says most crypto Cryptocurrencies are operating illegally. So basically coming out and saying that Gary Gensler coming out, he said this in the past, essentially, but saying that, you know, essentially there's 10,000 crypto tokens and almost all of them are securities uh, and need to be regulated. And, you know, he makes a distinction with Bitcoin. He, and that's really the only one I believe he, he made a distinction with. I don't know if he also a distinction was made with Ethereum, but you know, here it is, SEC, you know, looking to treat all cryptocurrencies as essentially securities, and that maybe just one or two would be treated as commodities, uh, Bitcoin being one of them. Certainly, if Bitcoin is treated as one, I don't see why Monero wouldn't also be treated as a commodity. I don't see what, how you could possibly make an argument as to why uh, Monero is a security and not a commodity. But uh, here we go, guys. It's it's heating up. U.S. government is is creating more regulations around crypto, trying to co-opt it. And the only cryptos that are going to truly survive are those that are, are truly decentralized. That's the next one. Oh, Coinbase. So th- this is exciting to see. You know, as, as you guys know, we're trying to do the privacy protest. <laughs> Really? <laughs> this is more, 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 more about regulation, right? So we had they're trying to come potentially come down on proof of work mining. We have the SEC saying, you know, pretty much all cryptos are securities. And then, you know, just a week or so ago, we had the Treasury Department sanctioning an open source protocol. And what's nice to see is that Coinbase is actually. Coming, coming to their aid, right? So, you know, Coinbase gets a lot of heat 
it's it doesn't have really you know it's not really respected among true the true crypto folk among the cypherpunks you know they've they've kind of sold out in a lot of ways but for whatever reason they've decided to step up here and fund a lawsuit against the treasury department on behalf of six individuals that are personally affected by the sanctioning of tornado cash so it's it's positive whether or not you think you know they have other reasons as to why they're doing it they're doing it and it, it's good to see so coinbase is sponsoring a court challenge that six plaintiffs filed thursday in federal court all of them are individuals who say they formerly used tornado cash for legitimate purposes and have been financially damaged by the sanctions two of them are coinbase employees so they're putting money behind it, and they're gonna, they're gonna they're gonna fund the suit. So we'll see where it shakes out. We're gonna learn a lot from this. We're gonna see, you know, what what actually happened. You know, what the sanctions actually me- means. The suit argues that Treasury overstepped its legal authority by sanctioning software rather than a person or an entity, and it claims the department infringed on the plaintiff's First Amendment rights by barring them from using a tool that enable them to exercise their free speech. This is all, you know, what the privacy protest is all about, right? <laughs> Co- code is speech, arguably money, money is speech and Coinbase is coming to the, you know, coming to the aid here. Uh, they're going to throw, you know, throw money behind this and we'll see where it goes and we'll see what the court court decides and how how they view this. This, this is big. I like, uh, you know, I, I wonder why, you know, Coinbase would do this, but, you know, they wouldn't list Monero. Right. Monero has been around forever. It's a true crypto. It stands for all these things. So, you know, that's that's something that I wonder wonder about. And I'd love to be able to talk to Coinbase uh, officials about this. Uh, I, tr- I tried on Twitter to get some of the, you know, get their attention. Maybe we could do a Monero talk on it. But it's like they're, now that we see them taking this step, uh, they're claiming to believe in these ideas and, and be willing to fight for them. Why not just do the the simple thing of you know adding Monero to your exchange, right? It's it's even easier than than funding a, a lawsuit, right? Like, in fact, you'll you'll Maybe make you'll make one. money off of it, off of the exchange fees. I mean, so wh- why aren't they doing that, right? So if they truly believe in these ideas and they're out there, you know, fighting for them, why aren't they listing Monero on their exchange? All right, next uh, next story. Monero Chan news. Monero Chan news. There's a new marketplace that that dropped. How do you pronounce it? Anarchy. Bit... Oh, no, no, no. Bitajo. Bit. Bit. Bite. Bite Joe. Bite Joe. Maybe it's Bitajo. Whatever. or Bitajo. Whatever it is, kind of like a Craigslist for Monero. Just exciting to see. The guy he reached out to us, right? He reached out to us. No, we reached out to. Person. Yeah, we want him to come on, but he doesn't want to. I don't think he wants to publicly talk. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, that's cool. But we want to give it some attention. So everybody, check it out. It's nice to see a new marketplace popping up, helping building out the Monero circular economy. It's pretty much like a Monero-based Craigslist. We've seen others pop up recently. It's just ex- exciting to see that there's more and there's competition taking place here. Next. Stories. Oh, it's called Bateo. Bateo. Okay. Said that. Okay. Cool. Uh, similar thing. Uh, posted last week. I read XMR Free Market. So this is another one. This one, I think. So that one's more of like a Craigslist where you could, you know, post things and people will, you know, it's it's Monero based, and I think they're trying to build, um, 
you know, multi-sig into it. And then this is more of, you know, you can create, you know, it's a marketplace, right? So you can create a, a shop, you know, but it's not a, it's not a dark market. It's kind of like they want it to be like a dark market, but just not a dark, you know, but with no illegal items, right? So you can anonymously post things. It's an, it's an open and free marketplace. You know, you're not giving up your data as a vendor. You're not giving up your data as a seller. Just, you know, the ability for people to see, you know, uh, rank, rank the vendors and, and whatnot. And, you know, pretty much people can list whatever they want to list for sale. And uh, obviously, I think I believe it's Monero only, and uh, but it's it's not it's not going to be dark market. It's going to be on the clear net. So there's gonna, there's going to be rules in place that you know that you, no illegal items allowed. But it's going to allow people to participate in a marketplace freely without you know giving up their data or you know uh, letting pe- people know what they're buying or restricting vendors from selling certain items as long as they're not outright illegal. And the last story, I just want to I just want to make mention of this again. We we talked about this last week. We had Elizabeth Ethereum on last week. She's still trying to as far as I know it hasn't been met. Maybe it has over the last day or so. Uh, I don't think so. She's still trying to get her funding and the Ma- Magic Monero fund has stepped up and agreed to match donations. So anybody that's looking to donate hasn't donated yet, now's the time. You know, donate a hundred bucks, they'll match it. They'll make it two hundred bucks. Let's help. Let's help this. You know, get this through. Especially what happened with Tornado Cash. Uh, you know, this is this would be a, a great avenue and a bridge between Bitcoin and 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 I mean between Ethereum and Monero, allowing people to effectively, you know, obfuscate their Ethereum transactions by moving into Monero via an atomic swap and then moving back into Ethereum if they so choose. So I think this is great. It's going to create an on-ramp from ETH to Monero. We should all be behind this and promoting it and most importantly, funding it so she can move forward. Yeah. So the That's, link is in, will be in the description notes. That is Those the that news donate. for the week. We said we were going to donate. I don't think we have yet. We should do we're that just so busy, today. We now, will, we'll, yes, now we'll get we the will. match, right? Yes. So we're even more enthused to do that. So we'll do that. We promise. Yes, we did. And we will. We will. (laughs) All right. I guess let's move on to the viewers on stage segment for those that want to come hang out with us on stage. All right. Move on to viewers on stage. We could talk about the news. It's the viewers on stage segment. It's that time where we invite you, the viewers, up on stage to comment on anything you've heard so far today, ask the guest a question, or maybe talk about one of the news topics. Come on down. Anybody Um, want to jump up that actually has something that they want to say? Yeah, the, the link is in the chat. Click on it and jump on stage if you just want to say hi or you have some comments on the news. Or Hatzad, do you have any comments on the news? Oh, we I think talk- we've already done that. Yeah, we, we, we <laughs> talk, talked about proof of work. What do you think about, I don't know, were you following the SEC thing? What do you think of that? Well, the SEC basically just saying that everything's a unregistered security. I mean, that just goes back to the Howey test. The Howey test is very simple. It's just four four criteria that they need to meet. Is it an investment of money? Is it a common enterprise? Is you, are you investing money in a common enterprise with an expectation of profit? That's number three. To be derived from the efforts of others. There's only four things. So it's basically, do you have a team? And does that team need to perform in order for you to make a profit? And that's what makes up a security. So I find it a little hilarious that they would lump up Ethereum in. I mean, it's clear because of their size, but you're right. Monero is not 
a security. There is no team that we need to perform in order for it to work. There's no leadership in terms of like a private corporation. There's no foundation. The same with Bitcoin. So it's a commodity. And they're right, though, in that a lot of them really are securities. I mean, they're unregistered securities. Totally agree. And I kind of missed your point. So you're saying Ethereum also you don't see as being a security or do you think? No, I think they're a security. Yeah. Okay. A hundred percent. I mean, they've got a they've got a leadership. They've got a team. We need that team to perform. I mean, look what they're doing. They change their monetary policy frequently. So I mean, and that's not because the network decided. It's not a consensus thing. It's because the team decided it. I mean, they did a hard fork. There's Ethereum Classic for a reason, and there's even Vitalik videos saying like, "You guys are going to make a lot of money if you invest now." I mean, come on. It's a security. Let's not kid around. It's a joke to say that they are not a security and that all the rest of these it's, uh, to me if you're saying ethereum is not an unregistered security then you can't say anything else is an unregistered security either i mean the reality is that that's they're not playing by their own rules which is the howey test developed by the sec to determine what's a security and what's not a security now did did they say ethereum is not a security because no, i no I but it's assumed okay. i think okay Gary Gensler's only ever said anything about Bitcoin being commodity, but he's kind of been a Bitcoin stand since he was a you know professor. So it's not not unsurprising that that's his stance on it. And then yeah, the other thing that I, I didn't mention too is that he's also was kind of coming down on decentralized exchanges. So he made he made a comment about that as well, saying you know that they're you know DEXs, right? So that they may need to be regulated as well because they're allowing for the trade of trading of securities. So yeah, and if you can regulate a DEX, then it's not a DEX. Exactly. So that that that's interesting. Things things are heating up more and more. We'll we'll see how this plays out. I mean, this is this is all stemming from the Biden administration, right? I think they had they had I forget was it last year they had basically put out an executive order saying they wanted to you know amp up the regulation in crypto and then all, all of these reports and movements we're seeing from these you know different bodies i think are a result of that so it's interesting and then there's i think going to be uh more news coming down from the treasury department they're supposed to be coming out with some reports yeah treasury will warn white house that crypto needs major major regulations so we'll see what the what those reports focus on i think that's going to be mostly focused on stable coins but we'll see if they make mention of of things like privacy coins that should be interesting so yeah we gave them a lot of good excuses there with luna and three hours capital and celsius i mean we gave them a target oh cheese is here cheese what's going on man you, what's you up, got cheese? something to say no nope. he said he did or he, I don't know. brother let's go they said they wanted to speak but i don't know maybe they're they're having issues with the mic so anybody else want to jump up come on down. Hatsa, did you see the privacy protest that we're trying to put together? What's what's your take on that? I did. It looks really cool. I mean, I, I'm located in the Midwest, so I'm not, not going to travel out to New York. I, I run a business, got a bunch of employees, and we're busier than ever. We're in the manufacturing industry, so I, I can't get away. But it does look really cool. I mean, people should sign up for that. If I was in New York, I'd be there, man. That just sounds like a really cool event. Good to hear. Good to hear. I just can't believe you guys are, <laughs> so stealing, here. You guys are stealing $50 from everybody and not giving it back. No, I just heard. Okay. I know. It's like, Jesus. Uh, oh, we got somebody. Hello. Hey. Howdy. How's it going? Good. Yeah. I was just, uh, I wanted to, you said, um, it was a half Z. Yeah. I just, 
I just don't think that cryptocurrency makes sense as a commodity at all. Like it's, it should be just a currency, right? Does does a currency necessarily have to be like under a sovereign government by some definition, or could it, or is a currency a security? Is that why they're viewing it as a security? No, it, it, it's really more looking at the investment side of it versus anything else. I mean, gold is money, right? Gold is money, but gold is regulated as what? A commodity. You know, it's the same thing with oil and energy. When when you have something that's an investment grade or you can buy it with fiat currency, it's considered an investment. And so you have to determine then whether it is a security or whether it is a commodity. And that determines the regulating body behind it, um, whether it's the FCC or SEC or and then there's the whatever the one is for commodities. It escapes me at this point. I don't know, Doug, you've got that tip of your tongue or not. No, Commodities Exchange Commission, right? Or no, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Really came off something. Yeah, CFTC, right? CFTC. I yeah. was going to say that, but I think you're right. Yeah, I think yeah. you're dead on. So, I mean, yeah, you're right. It's a currency, but uh, just like gold is a currency, it's going to be regulated under something. And so, I mean, if you're looking at wanting it to be legal tender, that's a different thing altogether. It comes with its own ups and downs. Uh, so, it. it it's just a matter of how they're going to treat it at the government level, how they're going to regulate it, and who's going to regulate it. Yeah, it just seems weird to me that you would view a commodity as like something that's not physical as a commodity. Like I think when I think commodities, I think gold and oil and wheat, and those are things that are very physical. Yeah, no, I mean I agree with you. I think we're we're in a new era. This is the digital age, and it, it's yeah, it, a digital commodity. It's it's not you know it's not based in logic. It's it's governments doing what they what they do best, right? Which is regulating, right? So they'll they'll come up with some means of of describing it where they you know they they that's what they're going to do. They're not just going to let it sit there and exist as something that's not not defined. So they're defining it as a commodity. Uh, is it really a commodity? No. I mean, is it is it really a security? No. Is it? I mean, it's it's something completely new and novel. Uh, crypto. You know, we, we use these at analogies to try to define it, but it's really a completely new beast. Amen. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe uh, maybe eventually there'll be some some new commission, some new arm of government regulating these things. Not that I want that to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised. Well, if they're going to regulate NFTs, too, because I feel like that that would also be increasing. That would be almost harder to describe as a commodity because by definition they're not fungible a lot of commodities are generally pretty fungible one barrel oil isn't too different than the other but nfts are it's in the definition that they're they're different yeah more than likely a security I and mean, that's what gary gensler is essentially saying mods what's what's your are you are you strictly a monero person are you uh i guess i believe in in web3 i like no. some of the ideas of gaming and from i'm I, i'm a developer on the side so i uh i would say that uh, like Ethereum has a good, if you want to like write and language and develop like a, a decentralized application, that's, it's, it's, it's good to work with. I'm not necessarily from a price standpoint, bullish on ETH necessarily because you can just, you know, code can work anywhere really. But yeah, I would say from a price standpoint, I'm, I'm a Monero guy uh, long-term, but I do, do believe in that certain technologies like ethereum have the ability to take away some of the the power that you know big big technology companies like google and facebook have gotten used to having and taken advantage of 
over the past decade or so. Do you think ETH is uh, security? <laughs> well, I don't work for the government, so I, I feel like that's not really up to me to decide. I would say no, it's that, definitely not up to you to decide. But I'm just curious. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I would say that they're different enough to where they should be like their own thing within the government <laughs> classification, but the government's not known for being a reasonable entity. So okay, okay. Cool, man. How'd you find your way to uh, Monerotopia? Just curious, seeing you, you seem like more, you know, like you said, Web3 guy. Uh, what, what brought you to Monerotopia? Uh, I guess I've, I, fungibility, I guess, is the, I've always, I mean, I'm interested in crypto for the same reason. I guess the first introduction I got into it was just because I was in college. My brother was like, get this Coinbase app and every <laughs> number goes up. But then I, I started to see why it, the fiat monetary system was, was so bad, especially in 2020. So then I realized fungibility was crucial to the existence of, uh, fundamental to the, to, to money. Um, so long-term Monero is going to, going to win out because it's, it's pretty much the only truly fungible cryptocurrency. All right. Uh, yeah, let's talk about Coinbase. Hatsa, do you have an opinion there? So like Coinbase is coming out, there's, you know, there's funding this lawsuit. Yet they've never considered listing Monero. You you have a take on that? Do you follow that? Yeah, I mean, I haven't followed it. I don't really follow too much with Coinbase. Coinbase is going to do what's best for them. They they create the regulatory moat. They're the big player here because of the regu- regulatory moat. They kind of carry the biggest stick with the government, mm-hmm. and they're going to go to bat for people that they think are going to make the money. And I think it's, you're going to see that over and over again. They don't care about Monero. It's not a big enough market cap for them. I don't think they see a lot of money in it. Um, and they they can't they can't institute what they're going to be asked to these OFAC type of things where the government puts sanctions on things. How can you do that with Monero? You can't. And so it, you'd almost have to blanket the whole thing. So they're ripping the bandaid off fast for us. I think they're doing Monero a service by not listing it, making it too easy to get in the wrong way with KYC. I think KYC is just a scourge and. Uh, not a fan of Coinbase at all. Yeah, I mean, me, us being New Yorkers, you know, it's it was really kind of the the only exchange <laughs> yep. in, in town, and they yeah they never. I mean, obviously we have other ones now, but it was like the, it was like the first major one, and it was the easiest way to, to to get Bitcoin. But they never never listed Monero. I would I would just just out of curiosity, I would just really love to know what the thinking <sighs> is there. I mean, I think you pretty much summed it up, but. I don't know. It might might have something to do with right because they they list Zcash, right? Do they list Zcash? They do, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Do. Yeah. It might have something to do to do with that. Them not wanting to support Monero, but they support Zcash, or I don't know. It might be something where they they, they are you know being pressured not to list it. You know, they just don't want they don't want to take the risk. Who knows? I just think this like kind of reveals it more than ever that there's there's something particular about Monero if they're willing to to fund a lawsuit for Tenedo Cash because they believe in these concepts, yet they're not just willing to take the easy step of listing you know a true crypto. It's it's kind of bizarre. Anybody else want to jump up? How about uh, Monero? Uh, no, uh, Ethereum merge will be happens about a few days. Yeah, what about it? What do you think? Uh, it will be changed from proof of work to proof of stake. And NFTs are usually on uh, Ethereum too. So this is the subject worth it to talk about what should be or, or can be happen. Yeah, I mean, I just don't have much to 
say on it. I'm curious to see how it's going to work out with Ethereum. I, you know, if there's going to be any major hiccups in the transition to proof of stake. I think it's interesting that they're doing it, you know, because now we're going to have a, a major market player that's proof of stake and not proof of work. Hats that talk on some of the, you know, fundamental reasons as to why proof of work is is vital to to being a true crypto and why you know proof of stake really doesn't doesn't work on a fundamental level i i i i we will we'll, we'll see how it plays out i mean uh you know the the market is going to do what they do i think i think you're going to have uh you know i i do think it, it's it's going to help ethereum honestly at the end of the day i think in terms of you know in terms of its value uh, and attractiveness and it's it's just going along with this this narrative of you know not you know being harmful to the environment so it's going to be friendly to governments and friendly to regulation and if anything it's going to align itself better with this number go up mentality than perhaps bitcoin in some ways because they're 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 kind of bending their their knee and doing what what governments would prefer uh, at the end of the day, it's going to, you know, result in a, in something that's not a true crypto anymore. And it's, it's, it's not going to be valuable for those purposes. But does that, you know, does that really matter in the marketplace? We've seen that that, that doesn't really matter. People are just going to use it, continue to use it, pump it, hope it goes up in price. It, uh, it won't lower gas fees. There's some upgrade that I think they're planning for 2023 that will reduce the gas fees, but it's strictly an energy reducing upgrade that merges. So yeah, I mean, I hope it works out, but I really think that the real price catalyst that people are looking for will be the, the eventual gas fee reduction rather than just the, the energy side of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I say the energy side of things just because it's going to be you know friendly to, to government regulation. Right. And because of that, you'll have people out there talking about Ethereum as, you know, this is, this is what the main, the main, we all see how main, the mainstream news and everything talks about crypto. They don't really know what the hell they're talking about. They don't really, they don't really care about the fundamentals. They're not, you know, they're not out there talking about Monero. They're not out there talking about how Bitcoin's great because, you know, uh, the, it's censorship resistant you know they, they they rarely talk about those concepts what they do talk about is the price they talk about how you know crypto is is harmful to the environment and now they'll be talking about uh you know ethereum and they've they've created a way to not be harmful to to, to the government and you know 99.9 percent .9 of people listening to it aren't going to delve any deeper than that and they're just going to be interested in whether or not that means that ethereum is going to be worth more and start to go up in price. Fortunately, that's how it's going to play out. Uh, we don't know how censorship resistant Ethereum can remain long term. We haven't really seen this play out. Like in theory, yeah, it's not going to be as, you know, it's, yeah, it's, that's kind of hard to say really what's going to happen with it, if it's really going to be censorship resistant or not. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. But most people don't care. That's the problem until until they have to right until at some point it's you know at some point people will care when it really hits home right like we saw with the Canadian truckers there's there's going to be instances and there's going to be new ones that arise where it's going to hit home with people and that and then only then will they start to understand the true purpose of crypto but not until things like that happen people don't care about 
privacy or censorship resistant until they get burned. Exactly. You know, that's just the reality of it. I, I'm curious, the other aspect of this that I think is we haven't talked about is the mining side. Mm-hmm. What happens to all the GPUs and where are they going to go? Where's that hash going to go? I mean, I don't think they're just going to sell out all of their GPUs into the market. It's obviously not going to come to Monero because this GPU does not do well mining on random X. Where is it going to go and how is that going to impact the mining industry for something like, I think GK, uh, Zcash is pretty good with GPU. I'm not well versed in a lot of these, but I'm, I'm interested to see what happens to all these miners and if that's going to embolden various different networks, something maybe like Zcash as it relates to, you know, Monero and privacy coins and things like that. Is that what they're saying? Like they think it's going to move towards cryptos like Zcash? What, what I don't is know. The- I don't know. I'm just saying, where is it going to go? I mean, the GPUs yep. aren't going to be good for Bitcoin. They're not going to be good for Monero. What are they going to be good for? What are they going to be mining? Is it going to be like all RVN just because that's good good mining profits? I mean, Monero Ocean uses that to kind of offset mining and, and put it back into Monero. But I'm just curious, where is that hash going to go? Yeah, it's a good question. Anybody? They, anybody they can here? still be used for gaming, right? But the original purpose, I believe, of GPUs is for gaming. Yeah, but we're talking about dudes that have like hundreds of these sitting in a farm. Like they're not going to just like start, you know, playing World of Warcraft on a hundred computers. I agree. I mean, it's nice for people that are that are gaming that they are. You can already see the GPU prices are down. You can actually get a GPU now, which is nice. But those people that invested in this infrastructure to begin with are that's going to go somewhere. I and guess one of one of the places will be just to an Ethereum fork, right? It's one of the. Yeah. I assume there's going to be. You well, know, Ethereum classic, right? Yeah, yeah, Ethereum classic, and I assume there'll be. Are there going to be new forks that come out of this, right? Potentially, yeah, potentially. Yeah, but that, that, that's a good point. And then also, I mean, isn't it going to affect kind of the the coin economics of Ethereum, right? Because it's, I mean, as you move to, people are going to be lock, locking up their coins and things, right? Isn't aren't there arguments there that it's going to essentially, you know, kind of reduce the amount of of coins in the market uh, yeah i mean if you look at that that largest pool they have like 32 percent lido or whatever it is they don't even have a mechanism to get your coins out so you put them in there and they're there permanently until they have a way to get them out as far as i understand and so yeah there's going to be a lot of this locking up but the problem is is that it's just going to funnel all of the all of the economic incentive to the people that lock it up people with the most money are going to benefit disproportionately to the people that are small holders. Because I think in order to run a, a standalone node, you have to have something like 32F, which is like, what, you know, $65,000, something like that, you know, some crazy amount of money. And it's like, it's, it's a recreation of fiat. And yeah, it is going to take coins off the market, but they're going to end up in places like Coinbase because you're going to stake, if you're a small holder and you don't have that kind of money, you're going to put them into Coinbase, Binance, Kraken, you're going to stake on their platforms, Lido, it's all going to be pooled, and then those pools are going to be captured by the government, which is going to be the whole thing that we just talked about with regulations. So, and censorship resistance is going to, unless something out there that I haven't seen arrives, it's going to be out the window. 
yeah, but numbers going to go up, so who cares? Right, right. right. <laughs> they don't need to launch a CBDC. They're going to have it. Exactly. All right. I, th I think we cover we yeah. covered a lot today. Thank you so much, everybody. Hats that amazing, man. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Yeah, you offered a lot here. We really appreciate it. Mads, cheese, Poland. Thanks for coming <laughs> on. Yeah, we're going to close it out. Unless anybody will give you, if anybody else wants to jump on, now's, now's your time. Now's your time. I don't think I don't think we have anybody, right? Can I have uh, another question? Yeah, throw out another question. How about Cybertrace? Uh, this blockchain analysis company, which I designated to the Tech Monero. Did we know something new about them? How they affect? I haven't heard any new info on them. If anybody else has any information on them, let us know. I mean, last last we checked, is you know they they claim to be able to trace Monero transactions, um, but it's kind of been proven, or they essentially admitted that they can't do it deterministically. And if anything, they just have a probabilistic way of of doing it. But there's there's no as as far as I'm concerned, there's no insights, new insights there as to what they're capable of doing with regards to tracking and tracing Monero transactions. We had somebody new pop up. What, what's going on, man? Before we close it out, what, 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 do you want, what do you want to bring up? Uh, hey, thanks for bringing here on Monetor, the show. <laughs> Monero, Monerotopia. Monerotopia, here we go. And uh, I'd like to say that thank you so much for bringing this video and the article that we just we also saw from for Biteo, the marketplace earlier. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're, you're, yeah. So you're, you're part of that project? No, I'm actually just. I actually looked up on it when I saw it on Armonero. So cool, cool. Okay, cool. So do you, have you used it? No, um, only for listings so far. None in my country, as you can see. As you can see here, I'm from the Philippines. So any insight into it? Is 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 it a uh, is it a good product? Is it good? Yeah, I can see. I can see it uh, working. If we get enough people to to hop on board on the project, but it might need some tweaks and working out on this. For instance, it could, it may or may not use some work on. Yeah, it may. It only needs some work on exposure, for the most part. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what we're trying to do. You're here. doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, so far I'm seeing most of these great. Not so much on the job parts so far from where I'm seeing. Most people are like selling stuff and here, here and there. Okay. Yeah, well, we'll continue to highlight it, if, especially and if whoever's uh, working on it, if they want to say come that, on it's, that it's legit. Um, it. Yeah, we could have some mm. people behind the it if they can. want to. Come on. Please reach out. Yeah. Topia yeah. at protonmail.com. <laughs> always, always. Please reach I mean, out. This is a I'm, platform. And yeah. I'll, do, I'll do my part as well uh, at any time that I could get myself some jobs or something. <laughs> All right. Very cool, man. Very cool. Mm -hmm. And uh, I assume you're, you're into Monero. That's if you're, if you're using Pateo. Totally. I have no idea. These, these Esperanto <laughs> words know, these are, are... They're supposed to be like universally easy to pronounce. I can't pronounce Not for you. <laughs> I can't yeah, pronounce I know. except Monero. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of them are just hard to pronounce at first, but when yeah. you get into oh, bits and pieces exactly. into the language, it, you can get a kick of it. A little easier, yes. Do, do, <laughs> do you speak Esperanto? Me estás comentando en Esperanto. So, uh, okay. <laughs> just a little bit. Very just a little cool. bit. Very cool, man. Very yeah. cool. Can't All say right. I do. No, you do not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess with that, thank yeah. you guys for 
coming on. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it. goodbye. And how do you say goodbye in, in Esperanto, man? Oh, he left. There's actually two. The long one is Gisla Revido. And <laughs> it's the Gisla Revido. Gisla Revido. Yeah, Revido. Revido. Uh, yeah. And the shorter one is just Gis. Gis. Cool. Jeez. I'm I'm impressed, man. I didn't. I, I asked you if you spoke spoke Esperanto. I didn't think you'd actually just start. That's hilarious. Fluently speaking Esperanto. Very very impressive. Thank you. Thank you. Dankon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. Uh, thank you everybody for jumping thank on. Thank you. Thank you, Have Zed, for coming on and. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Anybody that's listening for the first time, please you know subscribe. Yeah, we always yeah. Please subscribe, share, please like, like the episode. The word and out. All we our need episodes. more subscribers. Yeah, we need more subscribers, guys. Please help in any way you can. I know some people are just get lazy to not subscribe. You know, people do that sometimes. Yeah, it'll but... help us grow the show more, and then it'll help uh, help us get the word out on Monero. So, like other people say, hit that like button, hit that subscribe <laughs> button, and uh... <laughs> you got to learn how to say that in Esperanto. Yeah, so, um... you, so you get that one person other than that guy we just had on that also speaks esperanto to to listen and subscribe <laughs> all right guys we are we out have, thank you so much yeah. thank, thank you, you everybody. guys for joining us and uh i get we'll see you all next week and thank you to our special guest and thank you all for watching us and we will see you next week adios Ciao. peeps thank you for joining us on this week's Topia episode we stream live shows every saturday at 11 a.m eastern you can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube and Odyssey or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter or join us in the Monerotopia Telegram group. See you all next week.